Welcome to the Torah Journey Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and I've been a community rabbi for over 15 years. During that time, I've learned that the wisdom of Judaism is powerful, but it's not always easy to understand. Our weekly podcast will enrich your journey and give you practical advice about how to apply the wisdom of Judaism to your life. We'll offer you insights based on the Parsha, current events, the Jewish year, and more. This is the Torah Journey Podcast. I'm feeling thankful today as I'm recording this. It is Thanksgiving, and I hope you also feel thankful wherever you are or whenever you're listening to this. But whether it's our own inner demons or other people who oppose us, the truth is we all face adversaries in life. And how do we overcome internal doubt or the skepticism of other people around us, be it our coworkers or people we thought were our friends? And the life of Yaakov Avinu offers us a rich example of how we can triumph in the face of adversaries. And it really started with Esav, who was ready to kill his brother. Esav sums up the problem with Yaakov when he says, Hachi karishmo Yaakov. This is why his name is Yaakov Yakveni Zepamayim. For this reason he's called Yaakov, for he's tricked me these two times. According to Esav, the truth of Yaakov is that he's a trickster. And the belief... This belief about Yaakov persists for years. Yaakov descends into the, the Gullus, the exile of base Lovin. He marries. He fathers the, the, the Shvatim, the tribes. And finally, Yosef is born, and it feels like Yaakov is a new man. And he immediately tells his father-in-law, Lovin, Shalcheni, send me. I'll go to my place and to my land. Give me my wife and my children from who I've, for whom I've worked for you. And I'll go, for you know the labor that I've worked for you. And so Yaakov has reached this new moment of independence, and he goes on to strike a deal where he's going to breed the flock and take the spotted and speckled sheep as his payment to gain something from his labor. But here, Lavan turns against Yaakov, and our father spills out his heart to his, his wives, Rachel and Leah, explaining that Lavan has switched his wages ten times. And meanwhile, Yaakov has a prophetic vision of a Malach, an angel telling him that Hashem has seen everything that Lavan has done to Yaakov. Rise up and leave this land, the angel tells him, and go back to the land of your birth. What affirmation! Rachel and Leah also confirm to their husband that they've been treated as foreigners in their father Lovin's home, their money consumed away. So now whatever Hashem tells you to do, they, they urge him, do. But here the Torah, in a subtle way, feels like it, it kind of confirms Esau's old perception of Yaakov. The Torah says, And Yaakov deceived the heart of Lovin the Arami, not telling him that he was fleeing. Yaakov runs, and Lovin pursues and chases and catches up to him. And upon reaching Yaakov, Lovin asks, Why have you hidden to run away from me and deceive my heart? Now, on the one hand, it feels like Yaakov is a victim. But on the other hand, the Torah in a subtle way is going back to this old perception. Yaakov is deceiving. Why is it that the Torah frames it like this? Now, one of the important things to know about human psychology is that the person we know the best is ourselves. We view the world through the prism of our own life because, frankly, that's what we know best. So who was Lovin? Well, when Yaakov was set to marry Rachel, the Torah slips in a surprising thing. Lovin, who had promised his daughter Rachel, switches her for Leah. The Torah barely comments on this, leaving it to Yaakov to say to his father-in-law, Lama Rimi Sani, why have you deceived me? 
And Lavan responds, oh, I forgot to mention, in this locale, we don't marry off the younger before the older. Too bad he forgot to mention that. Like any trickster, there is an excuse. But one thing's clear. It's Lavan who is deceptive. And it becomes clearer as he pursues Yaakov. When Lavan reaches him at Har Gilad, he asks, Why have you deceived me and let off my daughters, like captives of the sword? Why did you hide and run away and not tell me? But I would have sent you off with simcha, with song and with dance. In the same breath, Yaakov informs Lavan informs Yaakov that he considered doing away with him, but God stopped him. Yeshla'el yadi, the power's in my hand to hurt you. Lovin's like doing a doublespeak. I chased you and I can hurt you. Why are you running away? And as we look at the contradiction of these treacherous behaviors, we see that Lovin is the true trickster. Yaakov has worked 20 years for this man, and Yaakov wants to establish his own life. Lovin, himself a trickster, looks at the world through this lens. He sees Yaakov as a reflection of himself. What could Yaakov be other than a trickster? He's stealing my heart. And here in this moment at Har Gilad, Yaakov makes one of the most stirring speeches in all of Tanakh. This is 20 years I've been with you, he says. Your sheep and your goats have never miscarried. That which was mangled I never brought to you. I myself would bear the loss. From me you would extract it whether it was stolen by day or by, or by night. This is how I was, by day, scorching heat consumed me, and frost by night, and sleep drifted from my eyes. Had it not been for the fact that the God of my fathers, the God of Abraham, the fear of Yitzhak, was with me, Surely now I would have left empty-handed. And so here we get into the heart of Yaakov. I've given everything, every penny, the shirt off my back, to be honest, to be upright. The response of Lovin, the daughters are my daughters. Your children are my children. And everything of yours is really mine. Lovin is unable to recognize the truth of who Yaakov is. Lovin is himself a deceitful man, motivated purely by profit. Any success Yaakov attains must be illegitimate. And so what an insight this is. Lovin is limited in his view of Yaakov, in his view of Yaakov, by the very very person that he Lovin is. He himself is a treacherous trickster, unable to perceive anything else in Yaakov. And it's it's a hard truth. Because sometimes in life, people just get the wrong idea about us. Over the summer, I was reconnecting with an old friend of mine who was talking to me about his son's struggle in school. And the boy is in a hard social dynamic where he he felt harassed by kids. The boy pushed back, perhaps too hard against his adversaries. But the problem was that the teachers got it into their heads that this kid, the son of my friend, was the problem. They saw him as this rebellious, fighting student. And in reality... It was a kid who needed to have his voice heard in a hard situation. There were many tears, and eventually the, pa- the parents took their child out of that school. It was a classic situation where the pursued is seen as the pursuer, much like our father Yaakov. The parents tried to help their son understand that he really was going through a legitimate struggle. 
And we all face times in life where people get the wrong understanding about us. And we can't be too quick to accept the hype of what other people are saying. I mean, think back to Yaakov and Esav. Esav interprets the name Yaakov as the Yaakveni Zephamayim. Yaakov is a trickster. But when you think about it, though, Esav himself was hardly a tzaddik. He threatened to murder his brother over the bracha. He was not in the path for bracha of Avraham, as his mother Rivka's prophecy testified to. And on the other hand, the Torah tells us that Yaakov was Ishtam Yoshev Olin. What is an Ishtam? Unclus translates this as Shalem. He was perfect with God. Tam means that we're straight. We're perfect and wholehearted. When the Torah marks that Yaakov was Yoshev Olim, Unclus writes that Yaakov was a learner of Torah. Yaakov was a wholehearted, God-fearing man who was devoted to Hashem. His, his honest business dealings with love and just confirm what we already knew, that he's a totally straight and upright person. This problem that Yaakov faced is something we can all relate to. We all meet moments in life when we're interpreted in a crooked way. So how do we meet the challenge of people who wrongly interpret us? How did Yaakov overcome his adversaries? And I think one of the things about Yaakov is that he knew who he was. He had a clear vision of himself. And he just keeps that vision in front of him throughout his life. And it really starts in the beginning of the Parsha, Vayetze, with that Jacob's Ladder moment. Because with nothing but the clothes on his back, Yaakov finds himself in the place of Hashem. And he literally beholds a ladder ascending to the Shemayim with Malachim, angels ascending and descending. And when he gets to this place, he responds, Achain, yesh Hashem b'makom yodati. Indeed, God is in this place, and I didn't know. Vayira, the Torah says that he was afraid. Vayomar, manorah hamakom hazeh. He said, how awesome is this place? This is nothing else than the house of Hashem, and this is the gate of heavens. And so that was the response that he had. The scene concludes with Yaakov consecrating the altar. And it's a vision that, that stays with him. Throughout the years, he keeps coming back to this Jacob's ladder moment where he, he realizes that he has this ladder ascending in his life. As Yaakov breeds the flock for his payment from Lovin, and Lovin is turning against him, Yaakov again encounters a vision of an angel. And in that vision, he actually sees spotted and speckled flocks mounting his flock as a malach speaks to him, announcing that Hashem has caused spotted and speckled goats to beget offspring so Yaakov can make a little bit of revenue. And the angel announces to him, Anochi akel beiskel asher shamachta sham asher nadartali sham neder. I am the God of Beis El, where you consecrated the stone there and made a vow unto me. Now get up and leave this land, and go back to the land of your birth. The very vision from his, his initial moments of poverty keep coming back to Yaakov, reminding him that even in hard times, Hashem is with him. In, this, in the very last verse of the Parsha, Yaakov again encounters Malachim. As he enters Eretz Yisrael, just as he declared the holiness of, of Beis El in his initial journey, so too here Yaakov names the place for the angels. For Yomer Yaakov Kasher Ra'am Machin Kimza, he says when he sees them that this is the, the, the camp of God. And he called the name of that place Machanayim. 
Finally, the vision stays with Yaakov to the point that in Vishlach he returns to the very place of his first dream, he consecrates it again, he pours oil, once again making that place special and holy. And so the people around Yaakov very often are trying to define and, and limit him, and they see him as a trickster who's de- deserving of nothing. Yaakov, in his poorest moments, though, realizes that he's in a holy place, and he sees the upward trajectory of his life. And once he consecrates that place, he keeps it in front of him. He, he, he returns to it over and over. And as much as people try to knock down Yaakov, Yaakov sees the bigger vision of his life. He rises above Esau and Lovin's view of him as he comes back to that Jacob's Ladder moment. It's an idea I've shared with my own children. People might doubt us. They, it might be their own darkness that speaks from within them, and we need to have that bigger vision of ourselves. And so think back to a moment where you saw yourself connected to Hashem. That's who you are. Each of us comes to a place in life where we meet Hashem, and in that place, we discover what's deep and unique about ourselves. So consecrate that place and keep it in front of you. There's just moments in life, I think, when we get a revelation about who we are. When I was 16 years old, I was doing very poorly in Latin class, not feeling great about it, of course. And one day in the class, we were having a conversation. The teacher looked at me straight in the face, and she said to me, she told me that I was highly devoted to the truth. Gave me a moment to think, and I thought about it, and I thought to myself, you know, she's right. And there was an inner light bulb that she helped click in my head, and it was something that just stayed with me for many years. We all have this. We, we have a time that we do something. We have a, a, a moment where a light bulb goes out. It could be that we've done a mitzvah that's private, only you know about. My daughter was telling me recently about a chesed she was doing for a woman in her community. I said, wow, that's unbelievable. You've got you've to think about that. Keep that in front of you. We all have a special relationship with Hashem, and that's what makes us holy. So Yaakov had people doubting him his, his whole life. But when God is with us, we prevail. It's like Hashem said to the Navi Yirmiyahu, when he started out as a, as a, as a Navi, Hashem said to him, They will wage war against you, and they will not be able to prevail. Because I'm with you. This is the word of God to save you. Yaakov had people doubting him his whole life. But every time that happened, he was able to go back to the holy place and see God's angel. He was able to draw his his value from his relationship with Hashem. And that's a critical part of our mind frame as we overcome people who doubt us, be it other people or even ourselves. So do you have a place where you felt connected to Hashem? Go back to that place, consecrate it and carry it with you. Draw strength from the place where where you discovered yourself because we all have a Jacob's Ladder moment where we see our angel ascending. It's the ladder of our life, and it leads us to the highest of places.